You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Good afternoon, Packer fans. It's Tuesday, March the 15th, and Packers Total Access begins right now. You think God never farted? Yeah, I don't know, Brett. I guess it just depends on the uh, the big man's diet. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what the fiber intake looks like. But anyways, welcome into Packers Total Access. I'm your host, Clayton Bailey. Guys, we've got a huge show today. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers news has broken loose. We know exactly what the contract consists of. Now, there's a lot of different um, differing opinions on exactly how this contract um, is going to play out. The details are there. The numbers are there. We're going to try not to run down too deep of a rabbit hole, but we want you guys to walk away from this podcast understanding exactly what this means when it comes to the Aaron Rodgers contract and also break down all of the the moves that are surrounding the Green Bay Packers and and what exactly is going on in the earliest stage of free agency as we enter the uh I guess the legal tampering period, we all know there's been people talking, chattering, and uh, teams communicating with agents for the last so many weeks, so we like to pretend like it doesn't happen, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Again, you can find us on Twitter, though. Uh, you can find myself at Packers underscore access. Give us a like, give us a follow, and we will follow back. And you can also find uh, Ryan Schlipp on Twitter at pack underscore daddy. So let's just jump right into it, guys. Um, first things first, we all know the, the Packers cap situation as we chatted about last week. There was a lot of cuts that needed to be take place. Um, there was a lot of things that needed to kind of fall in line for the Packers to get under uh, that salary cap number. At times, you know, they had they had trimmed it down to something like 27, 25 mil. And today they really started to knock some huge chunks out of the way. And then surprisingly, we uh, we actually had some uh, a couple signings that was really, really I'm fired up about, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's a lot of other moves that need to be uh, taken place for the Packers to put themselves in a position to really go on a nice little run here. And so far, they're doing everything that they uh, that I feel like they should do. So first things first, the the first Packer to get cut. I don't know if it came down um, as the exact first Packer to be cut, but one of the big two cuts today was uh, edge defender Zadarius Smith was released by the Packers. He was cut, and that actually cleared up $15.2 million in cap. You guys heard us on previous episodes. You heard Ryan talk about it. He was most likely going to be a cap casualty. We were all kind of holding out hope that maybe he would restructure the deal in the in the way that he could stay on the team. And who knows, he may test free agency and come back. I personally don't think that's going to happen. I think there's going to be a pretty good market for him if he uh, uh, is is able to sell to other organizations that that back is completely healthy. But nonetheless, $15.2 million in cap that was freed up. Just to give you kind of an idea I, with these two players that have been cut today, I want to kind of let you know where they graded out with PFF. Now, when it comes to Zadarius Smith, you can't really – you've got to kind of take this with a grain of salt because Zadarius was hurt last year. He, he missed a – I mean, just a ton of time. Um, came back in the playoffs, got one sack there in that game, uh, ironically. But his PFF grade last year was 58.9. And, again, it was a very, very short sample size. We know Zadarius – um, has performed very well in the in the most recent uh, past, and 
in this case, you know, he uh, just it just didn't come together last year, man, with the with the back injury. And I, I've I've spoke about it at nauseum, just how serious back injuries can be if you've ever experienced that. As soon as as soon as he didn't come back after the first time that they were talking about him making a return, that's when I was like, yeah, oh, you know, this is something that's probably going to linger. Just from my personal experience, people I know that have uh, have experienced back injuries, so he's gone. Another cut that happened today which I completely agree with and I don't want to just sound like a homer here and say oh everything the Packers do is great and everything you know they they, they never make a mistake that's not me but these two cuts are exactly what I was looking at when I laid out the roster looked at the PFF grades from a starting lineup standpoint both on offense and defense and this one really stood out to me it was Billy Turner who had a massive contract, his PFF grade last year was 66.2. Now, to put that into perspective, he was the 50th ranked offensive tackle in the entire league. Obviously, there's 32 teams. Um, You know, it's going to put him in the middle of the pack uh, at right tackle grade. And in my opinion, you can find somebody for much cheaper to perform at that level. Um, But at the same time, you do have people on the roster that can play right tackle in Elton Jenkins, right? You've got a couple other guys that can roll around. I don't think that's the perfect scenario. What I would like to see happen is have Elton Jenkins be kind of the backup plan at right tackle and then see if they can maybe attack that in the draft. But again, he was the 50th ranked um, offensive tackle as far as PFF grade at 66.2 and they cleared another 4.2 million in cap. Now that's, a huge amount of money that got freed up today, along with some other things that took place, some legalities, I guess you could say, across the league that freed up uh, several other million dollars in cap space for the Packers. We won't bore you with those details. If you're looking for that information, you can find it on Spot Track uh, on uh, online. You can, you know, follow, like we said, Ken Ingles, who does an excellent job of highlighting these type of things. You know, something that did recently come out. I don't have all the details in front of me, but when Billy Turner was cut today, they said he failed a physical. And according to Ken Ingles, he thinks that that might free up an insurance claim of about one and a half million, I think was the number, one and a half million in cap space, because he failed the physical and that benefits the Packers at, at kind of a minute level. But at this time, you know, we'll take every bit of change we can get as far as getting under that cap. So what did we do today as far as signing players? Well, the first one to roll in this morning, was Preston Smith signed a four-year extension worth $52 million. Now, let's go to the PFF grade. Why was why was it important to to cut Zadarius Smith? Mainly because of his cap number. His cap number is like over $22 million. You just can't have that, especially in a player that you don't know is going to be 100% healthy. But at the same edge position, you signed Preston Smith because his PFF grade was 80.8. Guys, this is what I'm talking about when people bash PFF. It's easy to say, I disagree with what they do. I don't think they have an accurate assessment of how good a player is and, and this and that. But every time you look at a roster move that happens with the Packers, and that's the team I follow closest, it may not be like this all across the league, but it seems like every time something happens, I look at the PFF grade and go, wow, that really makes a lot of sense. So, Preston Smith came in at 80.8. He's the 12th best edge defender in the entire league. Now, what's really cool is something that Ken Ingles posted on Twitter was he said he signed a four-year extension but only gets $1.5 million more in cash this season. He can leave as early as next season, and the Packers would still save north of $3 million on the cap. 
This five-year deal could quickly swing to a one to two-year deal instead. I actually just sent a tweet out, retweeted it, and was I follow Andrew Brandt. I don't agree with everything he says, but man, what a what a great business mind he is. And and you couple that with the fact that he's worked, um, you know, with uh, with the front office of the Green Bay Packers for an extended amount of time. Um, he's got some really good info. He he basically just sent out a simple tweet that said something along the lines of, "All of these five-year deals." are actually two-year deals. And it's the way the contract is structured. And this is what we're talking about. This isn't this doesn't fall into that category of kicking the can down the road. You know, these are contracts they can get out of in, you know, two years down the road. And for Preston Smith at his age, you know, uh, I, I can't remember his exact age, but he's right around 30. He's a little less than 30 years old. You don't want to sign a – if you sign a five-year deal with someone who's who's knocking on the door of 30 years old – the first thought is, wow, there that's going to be a lot of a lot of dead cap there at the end. Yeah, there's going to be dead cap involved, but if you cut him after two years, the money you're going to save and the potential to replace him, not to mention with the media money that's going to be coming in, the TV contract money that's going to be coming in for the NFL and the salary cap raising even more, I think this is a great deal. I think it's a great move by the Green Bay Packers. So, you get basically the 12th best edge defender to line up opposite of Rashawn Gary, who, according to PFF, had an absolutely dominant season last year. You've got one of the best pass rushes in the league. Now, Ryan actually mentioned something on Twitter earlier today. You know, that doesn't mean we rest on our laurels and go, okay, we got a great pass rush. We know how those guys get banged up. I mean, that's a tough, tough position to play and stay healthy. We've seen it with Zadarius. We've seen it with Preston in the past. Um, Rashawn's been fairly lucky when or fortunate, blessed, whatever you want to say, when it comes to avoiding major injuries, but he's gotten dinged up a time or two. You still want to bolster that pass rush, but we've got two of the best edge defenders, according to PFF, from last year coming back under contract and ready to roll. So, Next up, I was really, really excited about this signing. And it's funny how everything unfolded throughout the day. Um, if you're listening to this, this segment is actually recorded on Monday. I wanted to catch this stuff fresh, hot off the press, so we could get you guys some uh, some reactionary comments and that type of thing. But when I heard earlier in the day that Rasul Douglas was most likely going to sign with the Packers, I think it's been proven since then that that was kind of an overhyped report, which I love what Ryan and the guys are doing over at Packernet Podcast and how they're actually going through and grading these uh, these quote-unquote experts, right, these insiders, and uh, and kind of giving you an idea of who's who's the most accurate and, and who's inaccurate. So we can just put them on blast a little bit. I'm, I'm all about checks and balances. I'm a big Constitution guy. So you should hold people accountable for their comments, and I have nothing wrong with this project. As a matter of fact, I'm grinning ear to ear. But with that being said, they said Rasul Douglas was real close to signing the contract. Now, he still may sign with the Packers, but Rasul came out a short time later and said, um, man, I don't know where y'all are getting your info from is basically what his tweet said. So it told me, okay, there's a lot of inaccuracy with that report, or maybe they just jumped the gun a little too early. But nonetheless, when I heard that Rasul, the rumor that Rasul was signing, I said, man, there goes Devondre Campbell, because I just didn't see a scenario where they could sign both Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. Well, lo and behold, Rasul tweets that out. It gave me a little more hope that maybe they'll let him test the market and his value may drop a little bit. And bam, right out the gate, middle linebacker Devondre Campbell signed a five-year, $50 million contract with the Green Bay Packers. I am over the moon about this signing. Now, let's look at the negative side. Devondre put in one great year. He was a first-team All-Pro. He was actually the second-highest-graded linebacker, according to PFF. See how the PFF grade, once again, lines up with exactly what we're talking about? 
Uh, you know, he's got the second highest linebacker grade. Lo and behold, he's a first team all pro, right? But it was 84.7, which is outstanding. And you heard me in the past on a podcast on one of the episodes. I can't remember if it was episode two. It might have been. I was talking about how What's important to me on defense is building and bolstering the center of that defense. It starts with nose tackle, the guy who's closest to the ball. Then it comes to the guy who's next to closest to the ball at the next level, which is middle linebacker. And then I want a safety who can roll in and out of the box. Well, obviously, they've got Adrian Amos still under contract. That may actually get restructured and push some money out as well. But we'll talk about that at a later time. But now you've got Devondre Campbell, five years, 50 million. PFF grade of 84.7. Just to put that into perspective, guys, you know, when you hear five-year 50 million, you think, okay, 10 million a year. In my opinion, if he does play to the level that he did last year, he's well worth 10 million a year. But remember what Andrew Brandt said. These five-year deals are actually two-year deals. So let's say he hits the wall in two years. You're still in a position where you can get out of the contract and not completely tank your team and move on to the next, you know, whatever the next project is. So Putting it in perspective, Blake Martinez, that name sound familiar? <clears throat> Blake Martinez is a middle linebacker that was drafted by the Packers. I believe, if I remember correctly, in the third round. I could be off on that. But he signed a pretty, you know, pretty nice deal with the New York Giants. I believe it was last year or the year before in free agency. Blake Martinez will be earning more money next year than Devondre Campbell. I want you to think about that. Blake Martinez, who I think he might have been injury-riddled last year as well, but I believe his PFF grade was in the 60s or maybe less. Then you've got Devondre Campbell at 84.7, all pro, right? And this guy is making less than Blake Martinez next year. That should absolutely fire you guys up. I know I am jacked about it. Really, really excited about how everything's falling into place. And now you, what you do is you step back and go, okay, now let's go back to Rasul Douglas. If somehow or another they re-sign middle linebacker Devondre Campbell, which they already have, and Rasul Douglas, I'm telling you, that defense is going to be stout. Um, the only worry I have, and I mentioned this in a chat with some guys earlier, <clears throat> I'm a little bit concerned about Darnell Savage, who had a, a pretty bad year last year, according to PFF. Adrian Amos is solid. Do we need to go out and get another safety? Right? Do we need to go out and get another safety and not extend Darnell Savage? That's something that might be in the fold. Um, I'm not a huge Chandon Sullivan fan. I don't know why. I don't. I, you know, I think I think it was Ryan pointed out on a past podcast that you never really see him getting burnt. You never really find yourself going, "Wow, that was Chandon's fault." But there's just I don't know. I feel like if we could if we could ink another safety or maybe even draft one in a, in a high slot, um, you might be able to bolster the backside there and then let Darnell walk. But with that being said, we did get a little bit of bad news today as well, and that was Devontae Adams. It was being reported that he will not play under the franchise tag. Now, <clears throat> I heard one report where it said he will not report to training camp. He won't report until week one. That's a far cry from he will not play under the franchise tag. But this is where you know players say it all the time, I want my money, rightfully so, completely understand it, but... Business is business, but you know what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? And the way that I look at that is, you know what? Tough luck, man. Tough, said the kitty, but the milk's still good, right? I'm not going to say it over the air. But <laughs> you can either play on the franchise tag or you can sit and not get paid a dime, 
right? And if he sits and doesn't get paid a dime, then I'm sure the Packers will recoup that franchise tag money. And who knows, you might be able to roll it in the next year. I don't know all the legalities when it comes to the NFL bylaws in that regard, you know, pertaining to ownership. But I think he'll play, first of all. I think it's a bluff. I think he will play. He'll be there week one. He may miss training camp, but you know what? Last year, he missed the offseason program. He was doing a little bit of what seemed like a little bit of protesting, which a lot of players did. That's fine. I'm not worried about Devontae being in shape or being ready for week one just because he held out a training camp for a new year deal, a new deal. But I still think they can get a deal done. I believe we have until mid-July for them to actually negotiate a contract because when the franchise tag was created, guys, it wasn't created so that teams could slap it on and abuse it and just make a player play for one year. It, it was kind of a bridge. It was bridging the gap and giving a team time to sign a long-term contract. It just gives you a little bit more time because there was a lot of teams that found themselves in a position where it was like, you know what, man, if we just had another month to work through this, we would have got a contract done. Instead, he got to walk in free agency. So it's a huge win when it comes to the CBA as far as the owners are concerned. I don't know how the players' union allowed that to to uh, to fall into place and then stick as long as it has, which makes me feel old. I remember when the franchise tag first came out, and now they're saying it was 30 years ago, and I'm going, oh my gosh, how long ago was that? Like Time time has flown by. But anyway, um, so Devontae Adams, one of three things is going to happen. He's either going to play under the franchise tag, um, or he's going to sit out the year and not get paid a dime. We'll get recoup cap money uh, for next year, probably roll it in the next year. I'm pretty sure they, they can do that legally. Or they work out a long-term deal. Now, it sounded like the thing that, that Devontae did not like about the approach was real simple. He wanted a more long-term deal, and the Packers didn't want to give it. Well, you know, that's, again, tough, said the kitty, because the milk's still good, right? Here's the deal. You're getting up there in age. This is your third contract. Why would a team handcuff themselves into a position? I don't care how good you are right now. How good will you be in three years, four years, five years, right? This is Goody staring down the train. And I'm telling you, man, the more time that goes by in this offseason, Brian Gutekus just wins more and more of my respect. I love this dude as a GM. I love the way he drafts. I love the way he evaluates talent. Um, I'm I'm really digging how he's putting this roster together. He knew he, who he needed to make happy, and that was Aaron Rodgers. And, and here's the thing, like, also, Aaron's deal has not been – it's not been released what the details of that deal is going to be. All we know is four years, $200 million. That was shot down personally by Aaron Rodgers on Twitter. You heard us talk about that in the past podcast, that that was not true according to him. So I'm thinking that he's waiting on the complete restructure so that he can try to do everything he can to get Tay in the building. Now, remember that press conference I mentioned last year. I mentioned on a past podcast – that happened last year, last training camp, I believe it was. They said, are you willing to take less money to play with Aaron? And before they could even get Aaron out of their mouth, the reporter, Devontae, said absolutely not. That And, and then you hear Brian Gutekunst talk about a week ago uh, at the uh, Combine when he was asked about it. He said those two contract negotiations were not linked in any way, right? So Devontae's kind of out there on the island, but I can see Aaron Rodgers being kind of a mediator too, going, hey, Tay, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know forfeit this much money and roll it over to you. Make sure that, that that they use it in that regard. Maybe he's willing to bend a little bit more. And also, you've got that effect, guys, where he's talking about if he's not gonna sit out, which I feel really confident saying he does not have the huevos to sit out. Okay, but if he gets close to week one, I could see him being like 
oh man, which they can't negotiate at that point. Really, the closer they get to that July deadline, I could see him being like, okay, do I really want to risk everything, right? Give up, let's say it's $100 million in guaranteed money, whatever it is, right? Do I really want to risk that over this franchise tag issue? And I think that uh, I think the Packers had just, uh, like I said, played it perfect. They played it absolutely perfect. And now it's time for the heavy-hitting news. We're going to get into the Aaron Rodgers contract situation and uh, and how everything fell into place. And we're going to try to decipher everything and tell you exactly how this is going to play out and, uh, and how both parties are looking at this uh, with a bird's-eye view. But first, let's take a quick break. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, guys, let's get into the big news of the day, right? And that's the Aaron Rodgers contract situation. Um, First things first, though, we actually have breaking news here just a a few minutes ago. Um, Mike Garofolo of NFL Network and NFL.com, you guys have seen him all over the place. Pretty credible source. He said the Packers are tendering restricted free agent wide receiver Alan Lazard at the second round level, sources say. That comes with a one-year salary offer of just under $4 million. So Alan Lazard is back at just under $4 million. It's a second-round tender, and the way that works is if another team comes in and they offer more than that second-round tender, he's free to sign with them, and then the Packers will receive their second-round pick. So essentially, is a team willing to trade a second-round pick for Alan Lazard? I would be extremely surprised if that happens. So it looks like Alan Lazard is back. That gives our top receivers... Um, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers. Now you need at least one more receiver, possibly two. And who knows, like we said in the previous podcast, it may be one of the, the Packers receivers that was on the roster last year that gets a deal worked out after they test free agency and see that the market's saturated, like we had talked about before. And there's also a ton of options in the uh, draft. So I think there's a good possibility one of those receivers return from last year that's going to test free agency, plus we draft a receiver. So nonetheless, let's get into Aaron Rodgers. I just wanted to, to hit you guys with that update on Lazard. That's good news in my opinion. I like Alan Lazard. But Aaron Rodgers' contract. I'm going to go through and rattle off several different social media posts. I want to give everybody's angle on this because as you guys can imagine, this is a huge topic. Um, 
you know, Ian Rappaport and Pat McAfee went back and forth the other day, each of them saying that their source was correct. Everybody knows Pat McAfee's source was Aaron Rodgers. Um, Ian Rappaport, obviously, I believe it's the agent sharing information with him, or at least someone in the agent's office sharing information with him. And maybe they went back and adjusted the contract to make Ian look a little less accurate. Maybe it didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Who cares? And when it comes to what is the contract actually worth per year, let me tell you what I focus on. I focus on the cap hit. As a fan, I could care less. I could give two rabbit turds what this is going to do as far as overall contract. Now, five years down the road, absolutely I'm interested in how that's going to impact. But everybody under the sun knows that these agents put information out so that it looks like they got their client, their player, the majority money per year. That's what everybody focuses on, that and the guaranteed side, right? And it's funny how they'll mention the guaranteed side when it plays to their, you know, plays a, a positive role in what they're trying to accomplish, but when the guaranteed ain't that much, then they lean on this is how much it is per year. Nonetheless, the contract's in for the Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, and the cap number is down to $28 million, according to a source, right? More to come on a complicated deal. That was the first tweet I seen this morning. I can't remember who tweeted that out, but essentially, his cap number drops from $45 million to $28 million this year. Guys, that makes him the eighth highest paid quarterback in the league. Think about that. The eighth highest paid quarterback in the league, the reigning MVP, won back-to-back MVPs right? This is a guy that arguably is the best thrower of the football in the history of the game, whether you agree with his personal stances on this, that, or the other thing, it, you know, it, it makes no difference. Eighth, that's what I am focused on. And now, it's funny, you go back to the Ian Rappaport contract, you know, breaking news, four years, $200 million, $50 million per year, he's going to be the highest paid quarterback in history. Okay, $50 million per year. Now, I'm, I'm no genius here, but the cap hit next year is $28 million. So I think it's one of those occasions where everybody was right and everybody was wrong. And the reason I say that is because they're bending their words. They're trying to make it sound as if they're 100% correct, which Ian was not 100% correct. Pat McAfee's trying to make it sound like he was 100% correct and Aaron Rodgers was 100% correct. He wasn't. It is what it is. Everybody's looking to get the scoop. Everybody's looking to point the finger. They want that gotcha moment. I could care. I, I really, really don't give a rat's behind on who was right, who was wrong, who was 100% accurate. All I care about is what's the cap hit and how does it affect us in the future. So let's get into that. Per Spot Track, right? Which I love this website. I feel like it's a very credible source. It's right there with Ken Engel, which I think is great as well. And, um, uh, you know, a good Twitter follow that I've plugged at nauseum for you guys. So you guys, you know, go find him on Twitter. I'm waiting for his reaction. It's probably going to come a little bit later today. What I love about Ken is he doesn't react immediately. He takes the time to comb through the contract, understand it completely, then put out, you know, how he feels it's, it's going to affect the Packers. But per spot track, Aaron Rodgers extension, two years, $123.8 million. $101.5 million fully guaranteed at signing 2025-2026 option years. Is that correct? I have no idea. But what we do know, because this is what the, the deadline being tomorrow, right, that the Packers have to get under the cap, we do know the cap hit numbers are accurate. Again, that's all I care about as a fan. 
The cap hit number for 2022, $28.5 million per spot track. Now, that lines up perfect with the other tweet that we just mentioned, right? In 20, you're probably thinking, wow, 2023, I bet it's, I bet it's up over 50, right? We're going to get in that range where Ian was talking about 50 million per being the highest paid quarterback. 2023 cap hit, 31.6 million. 2024 has got to go over 50 million, right guys? 2024 cap hit, 40.7 million. Guys, this is a team friendly deal. In my humble but accurate opinion, the guy could have. You want to know how team friendly it is? Look at the other quarterbacks across the league. I mean, when you when you talk about him being the eighth highest paid quarterback across the league, how is it not team friendly? How is it? And and it's easy to say, okay, well, twenty twenty three. That's when it's really going to hurt you. No, thirty one point six is still pretty reasonable for the best quarterback in the game. 40.7 in 2024. Do you think something isn't going to happen by then, guys? So this is where people talk about the cap is real, the cap isn't. Um, Ken put a great tweet out. You know, he's talking about don't look behind the curtain, right, at the dead cap because there's going to be a huge dead number at the end of this contract when Aaron decides to hang it up. There's $76.8 million of dead cap in 2025 and beyond. Now, this is, I heard this little nugget earlier, and I mentioned to a couple guys in the, in the Packernet podcast chat, and they were like, can you do that? Can you really do that? I'm not 100% sure they can, but I, I have a hard time believing Ian Rappaport would say it to 35,000 viewers on the Pat McAfee show with absolutely nothing to gain, like him getting a scoop of $200 million contract, 50 year per, but anyway, he's the one who said it. He said, you can spread out that dead cap over multiple years, so you absorb the hit a little bit easier. Now, me, again, as a traditional business owner background, I do not like the thought of that in traditional business. But when you look at the situation that we've we've got and able to get Aaron in at a lesser cap hit this year, you get him into the building for two, at least two, maybe three years, and God love Andrew Brand. I heard him talking on a podcast earlier with Ross Tucker I love the man, but he sounded absolutely defeated. And he's already back on the horse saying, this will be Aaron's last year in Green Bay. And I'm going, you never learned, dude. You never learned. I think Aaron is going to be good for at least two years, possibly three. And there'll be some negotiating going on by the time we get to that point. But per Ian Rappaport, you can spread that out. Now, let's go to Tom Pelissero. Tom Pelissero, another somewhat credible source. One more note on Aaron Rodgers' contract. Using a large portion of bonuses in 2023, that's $58.3 million according to him, and 2024, in parentheses he has $47 million, allows the Packers to stash his cap numbers in future years when the salary cap should spike. Well, what do you mean the salary cap's going to spike? It's what we've talked about all along. When the big media money hits here in two years, the salary cap is going to go through the freaking roof, guys. So essentially, what's happened is they've, they're pushing this on the backside. When we get that huge hit, then you adjust. Guys, there's going to be ways that the cap is going to get freed up at that point. I know it's, it's hard to keep up with, and, and most people, when you don't take the time to fully understand it, your first response is, well, that just can't be real. That just can't be real. I understand that. I'm the same way with certain things. I'm human too. Like, it, you know, there's, there's certain things that make me angry, but I don't care enough that I want to dig into it and kind of fully understand how's this going to affect us on down the road. It's not ideal for four years down the road, guys. I get it. 
That's why we were talking about kicking the can down the road to give us another window to uh, another window to win a Super Bowl, right? So that's exactly what's happened. I'm fired up about it. And, uh, you know, Tom Pelissero, I know after he talked about stashing that, those, uh, you know, stashing those cap numbers in future years with salary, when the salary cap should spike, he then followed up and said, points for creativity by Russ Ball and Rogers agent Dave Dunn. Remember, we talked about a past episode from a business stance. The perfect deal is the deal in which both parties feel they got exactly what they wanted. This is the perfect deal for both parties. If you now, if you disagree and say we should move on from Aaron Rodgers, I 100% respect that opinion. You know, there was a time when I felt like that might be the best thing to do. I've since changed my mind as I started to dig into the cap situation and fully understand, okay, how can we actually make this work? This is a no-brainer. Let's do it this way. Now, little old Green Bay, they don't have these you know, multi-billionaires sitting there ready to funnel cash in to make these type of things happen. So I can understand why Mark Murphy, Russ Ball, Brian Gutekinds would be hesitant on these type of deals, right? You don't have that financial backing. It just amazes me how many people look at the Packers situation and go, oh, well, they've got, you know, three, four hundred million dollars sitting in a fund that's earning interest and blah, blah, blah. And it's always like they can never run out of money. And here's my question to those people. I bet you still got a mortgage, don't you? You're probably making a car payment. Why in the H-E double hockey sticks would I listen to anything you've got to say if that's the case and you telling me that they've got enough money? It's it's. There's not this never-ending flow of money, you know, in the Green Bay Packers organization. So I understand why they're going to be hesitant. That's not a personal shot at any specific person. That's not. It's just. It, it amazes me how people look at that fund. They look at two hundred million, four hundred million, hell, even six hundred million, and they think, oh, they'll never run out of money. It's not a lot of money when you're dishing out these kind of contracts. So I understand why the front office would be hesitant on going this route. It's just from a different angle. I don't look at it from an angle where um, they wouldn't dish it out because there's going to be dead cap. I looked at it like, do they actually have the money to fund this type of project? And the short answer is yes, but there's not a never-ending flow of, of, of cash there, you know, at 1265 Lombardi. So now let's move on to the next tweet. Pat McAfee said on Twitter, so in the end, it's a five-year, $186 million deal for Aaron Rodgers. That's a little bit different from four years, $200 million, right? He says the last two years are placeholder years. There's $150 million guaranteed. And he actually tagged Ian Rappaport and said, Sources slash original report of four-year, two, four years, $200 million deal were certainly, in all caps, close. With that being said, a cap-friendly deal with Aaron getting paid. Win-win for everyone. I agree with that. Now, SpotTrack uh, tweeted out earlier, this is a really, really cool um, um, kind of approach, too. Now that everything has fallen into place with the Aaron Rodgers deal, SpotTrack actually said the Packers still have $6 million of cap to free up. So we're still $6 million over the cap, and we've got till tomorrow. Here are a few options. I want you guys to understand how easy it's going to be to get under the cap, okay? A few options according to SpotTrack. You can release Randall Cobb and free up $6.7 million. I'm with Ryan. I think that makes the most sense. I don't want to see Cobb go. I would much rather see Cobb restructured for much, much less. That's probably what's going to happen. Um, but if they cut Randall Cobb, 
I would be totally on board with that. You got to be able to stay on the field. You know, the top ability, the number one, the most important ability is availability, right? And Cobb has been banged up. Um, I think Cobb is is a solid wide receiver when he's on the field. I love the fact that they brought him back for Aaron Goody, just crossing crossing the battlefield and saying, "Look, all right, let's meet halfway. What can we do to help you?" They gave up a draft pick to get to get Randall. They took on that salary, but that frees up six million, six point seven million in cap. If you just if you just cut Randall Cobb, all right, let's move on to the next person. You could restructure Dean Lowry, which Dean Lowry had a decent year last year. I noticed that they finally put him in a position to do what it is he does best, and that's bull rush. And having him bull rush on the inside, whether it's a you know whether it's a, a, a one technique, two technique, three technique on the defensive line, um, I think that he plays a vital role in the pass rush from the interior standpoint. I think he done a great job. I think that Joe Barry just said, hey, dude, go out there and put put your hands underneath their chin and drive them straight back into the quarterback. Now, you're not going to see gaudy numbers from Dean Lowry, but what you got is a player who has a lot of experience. He's a good locker room guy and someone that can – that can, you know, utilize that bull rush in that sense in them interior gaps. So you could restructure Dean Lowry and free up $3 million. You could release Mason Crosby, and if you guys know, the backup kicker, his name his name escapes me at the moment, they signed him to a futures contract, so they have him in their back pocket. My guess is they may go to Mason and go, hey, look, let's restructure. If Mason says absolutely not, they cut him outright. If they did that, they free up $2.4 million. You can extend Devontae Adams. If they come to a new contract agreement, right, um, before the July deadline, then you could any kind of extension for Devontae Adams is going to free up cap room this year as well. That's not really going to play in, play a role into getting under the cap by the deadline on Wednesday, but that's something else you can do to free up cap this year. You can extend Jair Alexander. That would free up cap this year. You can extend Adrian Amos. That would free up cap this year. So please don't buy into the hype that the Packers are backed into this horrible corner and how are they still going to get under the cap. Aaron Rodgers working this deal the way Aaron Rodgers worked this deal tells me he wants to be in Green Bay. He's got $28 million on the cap this year and literally we are $6 million away from being under the cap. Like, this is great news. We're all in now, guys. You're either on board or you're not. You don't have to agree with the decision that's made, right? But the decision has been made. You know, this is the route I wanted them to go, as you guys could tell on past podcasts. Um, This is what I wanted them to do. This was kind of what I came to the conclusion of. You know, if you had asked me this a year ago, you know what I would have said? Probably surprise you. I would have said, absolutely not. Trade him. Get a king's ransom. Let's start rebuilding. See if Jordan loves a guy. If not, then... We'll move on with a huge amount of cap space and be able to draft the quarterback that we want. We'll use all our draft capital to get up to get that guy. That was my approach. But as we got closer into this situation, and and you can see how Aaron embraced Goody, and Goody embraced Aaron last year, and as silly as it sounds for grown men to have to kind of go out of their way to make sure they're getting along, and it it seems real petty to me. It seems like people who, who haven't really had to work in their life, right? That's the first vibe I get from that. It's like, wow, you you haven't been you haven't been in a footer tying rebar and pouring concrete like I was when I was 23 years old. That's for sure. But at the same time, man, with with great athletes and great personnel come great ego, right? And uh, that's something that's just a part of the game. And I'm really, as a fan, having to distance myself 
from those emotions that I have when I hear about a, an athlete. Like right now, it's happening with Tay, guys. Just to give you a personal example, when I every report that comes out that Devontae Adams is saying he wants $35 million per year, it it really, really angers me. Because, you know, he's saying he wants to be the top paid receiver in the league. A lot of people don't understand he's already going to be the top paid receiver in the league when you talk about the money he's going to make this year. Like, he, he's taken the number of, I think, is it is it D-Hop? Yeah, it's Hopkins. He's taken that number, which is a far cry from the second highest paid wide receiver in, I believe, Julio Jones. And he's just pointing to the top number. He's saying, that, nope, nope, that's the value, that's the value. Just because another team overpays for a receiver and quote-unquote sets the new bar for wide receivers doesn't mean that's what your actual value is. That's what I love about the franchise tag. There is no avoiding the franchise tag in its honesty. And what I mean by that is you look at the franchise tag and it takes the average of the top players at that position and it says this is the number that the franchise tag is. That's the honest equation. That's the honest, the, the honest answer of, okay, that's how much that player is worth. And that that number is way, way less than $35 million. For a 29-year-old receiver who could fall, I mean, he could literally do nothing but regress from this point. I think he's got two more great years in him. Packers probably agree, and that's why they're at odds is because the Packers aren't willing to give him a five-year deal. Um, I think that'll change. I think cooler heads will prevail. But I just say that because that's another moment where I'm looking up going, that's not how the real world works, Tay. Like, you can't go to the highest paid person and say, that's what my value is. Like, that would literally be like from a business standpoint. Let's say I needed a piece of equipment, right, for my landscaping company. I needed a piece of equipment, and I go in and go, okay, what's the fair market value for this piece of equipment? And the salesman going, well, the the one that we sold for the most profit costs $20,000. That's it right there. That's 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 fair market value. Oh, okay, that's that's the one that sold for the most. Give me the average of your last five sales. Oh, oh, that number's significantly less. Gotcha. He's trying to take them out behind the shed. And I'm telling you, every day that goes by, it's another perfect example of I'm sitting here going, man, I'm really starting not to like Tay. It's just not a realistic approach to what he should be paid. I think the guys do every dime he gets. I really do. But from a business standpoint, like we said you know, earlier, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. It's easy for you to say, nope, I'm not taking a discount. What's also easy for the Packers to go, well, that's not fair market value, dude. Like you're you're trying to take the overinflated number that everybody knows was overpaid for. By the way, he didn't finish the year. He was hurt, and his team absolutely tanked after he got hurt. That's a perfect example of when you tie that kind of money up into one player, how it can hinder your ball club. And that's exactly the picture, as I put a a nice little bow on this, that's exactly the picture that the media was trying to paint of Aaron Rodgers. They were trying to sit there and say, this guy is is absolutely strapping his organization to where he's handcuffing them, where it's all about him. One guy said, it was a guy from a Denver, it was a Denver sports talk uh, show host that was on Bill Michaels' show, and he actually got on there and said, Aaron Rodgers is the guy that's the first one in the line at the buffet, then he looks back and says, y'all can have my scraps. Oh, really? Because I'm seeing $28 million against the cap this year. I'm seeing, you know, significantly less than what he could have next year. What, 31.6? Like, come on, dude. Let's call a spade a spade. Let's be honest. There's no reason to uh, to pretend like it is or isn't anything 
um, that, that the media is claiming it to be. So that's my two cents, guys. Here's the thing. You're free to have your opinion, right? We can agree to disagree. All I know is the reigning MVP is back, baby. We've got Tay under the franchise tag. Everything's falling into place exactly the way we wanted it to. Sure, we had to cut a few guys that we would love to keep around, but you know what? You can't keep everybody, and we're not done yet. Remember, past podcasts, I said, don't be surprised that in the end you look up, like Ken Engel laid out, a perfect scenario on Twitter where you go, you know what? By the by, the start of the year, we might be sitting about 8 or $9 million under the cap, and we could pick up a free agent or two right before we head into training camp. That would be awesome. So, again, Aaron's back. We're reloaded. We're ready to go on a Super Bowl run. Dude, I'm absolutely fired up. Only thing I'm waiting on now, obviously the draft is going to be great, but get that schedule release out here in May so I can go ahead and book my flight to Green Bay and get up there and uh, drink a drink an ice-cold brew, eat some cheese curds, and, and get to know some more Wisconsin knots because it's, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be here before we know it, fellas. But, again, great news that Aaron's under contract. And uh, I'm absolutely excited about, you know, what's going to happen here in the next few weeks because I think it's going to be good news from this point moving forward. Six million over the cap, guys. It was just the other day we were 50 million over the cap or right at it, whatever, 45, 47 million. Yeah, let's give uh, let's give Goody and Russ Ball a round of applause. But that's the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate you letting me rant a little bit. But um, yeah, it's uh. It's exciting times to be a Packer fan. And uh, you guys, like I said, follow us on Twitter, at Packers underscore access. Follow Ryan on there, at Pack underscore daddy. If you guys need anything, hit us up. Hit us up with questions. You can DM us. We're not at the top of the hill willing to not, you know, answer questions or even give in, you know, take input for the show. Um, but we definitely appreciate your time, taking time away from your family um, and uh, and coming on here to uh, to listen and, and join us and and talk about the things that we love, and that's the uh, the Green Bay Packers. So y'all have a blessed evening, and as always, Go Pack Go!